It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Redskins. Your daily Washington Redskins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Good to have you with us. It is episode number 197 of the Locked on Redskins podcast coming to you from Capital One Arena in the nation's capital, Washington, D.C. As I record this, it is Sunday morning and I get you ready for uh, my normal job, which is uh, covering the Stanley Cup champion Washington Capitals in the NHL against the Philadelphia Flyers. But we are here to talk some Redskins. I'll try and get this uh, as quickly as possible and through. Uh, the system. Bunch of news and notes, bunch of random things that have been piling up that quite honestly I have not been able to get to even dating back to the Landon Collins press conference because there's been so much going on between free agency and college visits and pro days and rumors and contracts and little signings and all the different things that we try and provide you uh, here on the Locked on Redskins podcast. So we have some leftovers, let's call it, uh, that we're going to try and squeeze into this episode of the Locked on Redskins podcast. First of all, remember to get this show every day and subscribe to Locked on Redskins on the new Himalaya podcast app in an ever-expanding podcast world. You need Himalaya with their personally curated playlists and new features every day. Download Himalaya at your app store and subscribe to Locked on Redskins. That is a new platform uh, that we are on, so certainly uh, appreciate them being with us. And, of course, as always, you can follow on Twitter, at Locked Redskins, at Locked Redskins. You can also follow on Twitter and Instagram at Locked on NFL Net for all of our NFL team news and coverage. 
uh, with all of our local hosts. All right, so let's get to this. couple of news and notes items. One thing that came across, I believe it was late on Friday night, tweeted about this at Locked Redskins. Former offensive tackle Jake Fisher, who's been working as a tight end, he slimmed down. He signed with the Buffalo Bills. That was reported by Ian Rappaport of NFL Media. He worked out earlier last week with the Redskins, or at least met with them. Uh, first reported by John Kahn. That was interesting because the Redskins are absolutely looking for a better blocking option, especially an inline blocking option at tight end, right? They need it. They want to run the ball more. They're not good enough at it. Jordan Reed stinks at it. Vernon Davis is eh. And Jeremy Sprinkle is okay. He's fine. Not great by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, I'm surprised, quite honestly, and maybe they're just waiting for the market to kind of hash itself out, that they haven't gone after a James O'Shaughnessy, somebody like that from Jacksonville. There are a couple other guys that are available that are pretty good blocking tight ends that maybe they're just waiting for the cost and the figures to come down on before bringing them aboard. But remember, if you sign a guy and or draft a guy, that would be a fourth guy that you probably plan on bringing with you into the regular season you can't have four tight ends so that would mean if nobody gets injured that either sprinkle a fifth round draft pick two years ago would be gone or that vernon davis could be let go now vernon davis is the obvious one because he's got about a five million dollar cap hit in the final year of his contract and he's 35 but Vernon Davis makes more plays and more opportunities and is quicker and faster than Jeremy Sprinkle in the pass receiving game. And because Jordan Reed is so oft injured, you can't just automatically assume that he's going to be able to make it through 16. And even if he does, is he going to be 100%? If he makes it through 12, 13, 14, whatever, then Jeremy Sprinkle could be your strike. This is the problem. But nevertheless, the Redskins, I think, need to reduce Vernon Davis's contract and salary, and hopefully Vernon would be willing to do that, maybe some incentives or something like that, to lower that cap number so that they could keep him and then have a battle between whoever they draft, whoever they sign as a blocking tight end between that guy and then Jeremy Sprinkle for that third tight end spot. There are a couple other guys that they have the uh, contractual rights to uh, Manasseh Gardner, who was hurt all year last year and hurt himself early in training camp. Guys like that, I suppose one of them could jump up and elevate their game. I wouldn't count on it. I would sign a guy uh, or draft uh, a player. I don't think they're going to go at TJ Hawkinson out of Iowa, the top tight end uh, in the draft class, but somebody like that that they could go after and bring that guy in. Uh, Noah Fant is a teammate of Hawkinson out of Iowa. Irv Smith Jr., of course, ding, 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 from Alabama is more of a pass-receiving tight end. Um, I think Caleb Wilson from UCLA, good receiver, pretty decent blocker from what I understand, and playing in a system that Kevin O'Connell, the new offensive coordinator, I think really admires and likes and will pattern certainly a lot of the Redskins offense or try to incorporate uh, under Chip Kelly and UCLA. Why? Because Kevin O'Connell was with Chip Kelly in his one and only year in San Francisco with the 49ers. And remember, Chip Kelly, when he took the UCLA job last year or before last year, he tried to 
hire Kevin O'Connell to join him at UCLA as the offensive coordinator. I would keep an eye on Caleb Wilson, uh, again, the tight end prospect from UCLA, as a guy that maybe the Redskins could bring in for some dual versatility and certainly some young, fresh legs to help them out for either eventually a decision to let go of Vernon Davis uh, or perhaps Jeremy Sprinkle. Um, and, 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 you know, again, maybe you just let the best guy win and then make a decision before you pair down to the 53, whether it be whoever they draft or whoever they bring in, and either Vernon Davis and or um, Jeremy Sprinkle. So, you know, you have to kind of wait and see. Maybe you can carry I – mean, certainly you can carry all those guys for training camp for the preseason and then see where you're at physically. All right, so that was one thing that I wanted to get to. The other thing that I wanted to get to in this opening segment of the Locked on Redskins podcast, episode number 197, is there's been a lot of talk, and we've done it, of course, as well, about the possibility of Josh Rosen. We did an episode uh, here on the Locked on Redskins podcast, episode number 196, that was all about quarterbacks and all the quarterback rumors and Dwayne Haskins and Will Greer at West Virginia and Jay Gruden going to both of those days. And Kyle Smith was uh, with Kyler Murray last week and Bruce Allen was in Columbus and so on and so forth. And the thought is that the Redskins are going to draft a rookie, right? And that is very likely. I would say that is the most likely scenario. But we still have this lingering option if the Arizona Cardinals do decide to go with Kyler Murray, the Heisman Trophy winner, as the number one overall pick and therefore signal the end of the Josh Rosen brief era as one year, as not even the starter all year, and as the number 10 overall pick a guy that they traded a third and a fifth and their 15th pick to move up to the number 10 spot with Oakland last year. You know, there's still a possibility that the Redskins could acquire Josh Rosen via trade. I don't think it'll be as light as everybody else seems to think it is. Again, I've always said that Arizona would wait until closer to the draft so as not to reveal their true intentions. I think the Redskins, the price goes down if they wait and if they're more patient, and obviously if you get through the draft, and uh, you know you have to operate as if you're not going to get them, and then you draft a quarterback. But the point of the matter is, is I, I didn't think there was a need to, to try and trade for Josh, especially once the Case Keenum deal was culminated. Uh, I, and now you could argue that it's not even a need to surrender what Arizona wants for Josh Rosen. But... Benjamin Albright, um, who's on Twitter and uh, says he's an NFL insider. I don't know exactly who he writes for. I know he tries to break a lot of stories. I don't know his track record uh, in terms of these these stories cashing in, but I see his name uh, all over Twitter. It's uh, at Albright NFL, at Albright NFL, spelled as you would think, A-L-L-B-R-I-G-H-T NFL. He mentioned that the Chargers are a more likely destination for the Arizona Cardinals to make a deal with for Josh Rosen than the Washington Redskins. And I guess the thought there is that, you know, the Chargers have Phillip Rivers, who's certainly getting up there, and they need to start grooming somebody along, and Rosen would be under control very cheaply for three years. They're in very good shape, meaning they have plenty of, uh, you know, talent on their roster on both sides of the football. They don't need as much as the Redskins. They don't need as many draft picks, so they can offer more draft capital to bring in their eventual quarterback 
uh, of the future. And maybe that's what happens for Anthony Lynn and the Los Angeles Chargers. I think that would be an intriguing fit. I'm sure Josh Rosen would rather go someplace where he knows he can play right away or at least have a really good crack at the starting position. And clearly that is not going to happen with the Chargers. So we'll keep our eye on that. But that is, again, a rumor thrown out there. It's unsubstantiated, as many rumors are. But that is something to keep in mind. All right, when we come back here on the Locked On Redskins podcast, episode number 197, we will tell you about a safety that is about to be released by the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, identify a couple of bargains in free agency that the Redskins could still target off of a column by my pal Russell Baxter at Bax Football uh, Guru. Uh, and as well, we'll hear from Doug Williams from a week and a half ago, some controversial comments that we really haven't had time to address here on the Lockdown Redskins podcast. We'll do all of that before we exit stage left. Thanks for being with us. Again, don't forget, thanks for listening. And remember, you can subscribe to this show, the Lockdown Redskins podcast, on the new Himalaya podcast app as well. Don't forget to check out uh, your favorite app service like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. And when you get into your car, tell your smart speaker device to play podcast Locked on Redskins. I'm Chris Russell. Good to have you aboard with us from Capital One Arena in Washington, D.C. Hey, guys, it's Joe Marino. Being around sports media and a fan of the Buffalo Bills for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what-if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, and new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts, and you can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. All right, everybody, good to have you with us right here on the Locked On Redskins podcast. Once again, I'm Chris Russell, your host, coming to you live from Capital One Arena. Well, not live, technically, but you know what I'm saying. Coming to you still from Capital One Arena, only a lot later in the day and a lot less people here, uh, but still some annoying news in the ba- uh, noise in the background. Uh, it is episode number 197 of the Locked On Redskins podcast. Uh, and in between, when I recorded the first opening segment about tight ends and the Redskins' interest and need, we found out that Rob Gronkowski of the New England Patriots after three Super Bowl wins and nine great seasons. A lot of injuries, certainly. Rob Gronkowski is going to retire from the NFL. He announced that on his Instagram page. And what makes it interesting is certainly, you know, that there's another team that you would think, again, will be pursuing tight ends because that's such an integral part of the New England offense. And clearly a lot of that was because, of Gronkowski's prowess, but it's just always going to be a big part of the New England offense, certainly with Tom Brady, certainly with Josh McDaniels, their offensive coordinator and play caller, uh, just because, again, Tom Brady 
as great as he is and the greatest quarterback of all time, you know, his strength is not throwing deep and his strength is not throwing to the outside, outside perimeter and boundaries on every throw. A lot of throws are short, crisp, um, accurate, seam routes, uh, little crossers, little shallow digs, that type of stuff. Little button hook turnarounds, curls that Rob Gronkowski ran so well and, again, had the explosion and the ability to get behind defenders so that Brady could throw it straight as opposed to and in between the hashes as opposed to all the way out to the sidelines where balls can flutter and fluctuate and, of course, get read easier because they're traveling a long distance and get picked off. So that's going to be an interesting situation to monitor is how quickly does New England, you know, handle the tight end situation because, again, that's such an integral part uh, of their offense. And clearly they've been preparing for this day, but now that it is official, if the Redskins say bypass a Hawkinson in the first round, you know, is their first tight end or two that they had on their board still there at 46 in the second round? Do they have to wait for the third round? We, we don't know the answers to this, but it's just kind of how it, it's looking and how it shapes up. So I wanted to bring that and kind of tie up the tight end conversation we had in our opening segment of the Locked on Redskins podcast. All right, so uh, one thing I also wanted to get to here on episode uh, number 197 is this. Colt McCoy was at... Uh, was basically the the grand marshal, I, I believe, would be, still be the term. the the opening ceremony, uh, you know, start your engines kind of you know person, host, whatever they ultimately call it in IndyCar, in IndyCar down in Texas uh, for a race on uh, uh, on um, one of the NBC networks. I believe it was NBC Sports Network on Sunday afternoon, and McCoy. Of course, a Texas Longhorn, and I don't want to say a Texas legend, but certainly when you're as good as Colt McCoy was at Texas, uh, and you're a nice guy, you're held in high regard, and you're held fondly. Much more fondly than he is here in Washington, I can say that. But what was interesting, and what was worrisome, and what was concerning, was that Colt McCoy was still on crutches. That's right. Colt McCoy was still on crutches. Now, As you listen to this, I posted the video, courtesy of the network, again, NBC Sports Network, on at Locked uh, Locked Redskins, at Locked Redskins on the Twitter feed for this podcast, at Locked Redskins, so you can see it yourself. Maybe you don't think it's that big of a deal. Maybe you think it's pretty normal that a quarterback who had a cracked leg on December 3rd would still be on crutches on March 24th. Now, there could be a couple of reasons for this. One, at IndyCar and NASCAR tracks, as you're probably well aware, because of the size of the quote-unquote playing field and the infield, there is a lot of walking involved. However, however, if Colt McCoy was in any sort of medical duress or problem or issue or whatever... I can't imagine how they wouldn't have carted him anywhere he needs to go. So I, me, not being a doctor, I'm kind of somewhat dismissing that as a reason for why Colt McCoy was still on crutches. What I'm saying 
is that to me, almost four months later, we're about a week and a half from it being exactly four months, for him to be on crutches from a cracked leg, which was certainly a significant injury, but it was not like a major, 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 major injury, a la an Alex Smith or blowout, a catastrophic blowout of the knee or something like that, right? It wasn't a compound fracture. It was basically described as a chip, uh, you know, a, a, a fracture, um, but not of the major variety. So much so that the Redskins refused to put him on IR late in the year until they were officially eliminated. Remember, when they lost to the Tennessee Titans in Week 16, that's when they put Colt McCoy on IR. They had kept him off of IR up until that point because they were hopeful that if Week 17 meant something against the Philadelphia Eagles, that possibly Colt McCoy could come back. And again, to not hear anything about his health and to realize that you are completely screwed with Alex Smith and his future and to realize that you know Josh Johnson certainly is not signed – and to see the Redskins going from all these quarterback pro days, which they should be, and certainly are a top contender, you would say, for Josh Rosen, if indeed he's traded, and reportedly we're in the Joe Flacco situation, although that's been dismissed by some, and pulled off the trade for Case Keenum, and had interest in Teddy Bridgewater. Maybe there's more to this than we realize, Maybe this injury, maybe he had a setback. Maybe he re-injured himself and nobody knew about it. So Jay Gruden, Bruce Allen, and Doug Williams did not speak about it last Thursday at Landon Collins' press conference. I certainly didn't think about it, but maybe he had a setback. Maybe it's not healing right. Quite honestly, I don't know what to say, but it was startling video to see him still on crutches. Again, if it was a precaution type thing, like, hey, we don't want him walking too much, look, they could easily get him in a golf cart. He doesn't have to walk. To see him standing on crutches as he did the call to start the race, I don't know, was worrisome to me. Because that's a guy that you think because of his knowledge of the offensive system is out of the current options at quarterback for the Redskins, the most likely week one starter. And now, because he's on crutches on March 24th, and the injury happened when it did, it didn't happen again December 31st. It didn't happen in January in the playoffs. It happened December 3rd to see him on crutches March 24th. I got to be honest with you, it worries me. I got to be honest with you, it makes me have even more doubt than I already did. And here's a guy who has not been able to stay healthy in his career. Every chance he's got, he has not been able to stay healthy, including last year. And I hate to be a jerk about it, and I'm not a doctor on podcasts or on radio, but it's not a good look. He's not doing anything wrong, but it's not a good look in terms of thinking, oh, hey, Colt McCoy's our starting quarterback. Oh, hey, Colt McCoy is going to be ready for OTAs towards the end of April. And not really. Not when he's still on crutches on March 24th. Maybe that's not that big of a deal. Maybe he doesn't need OTAs in minicamp because he's been here for fun. But he hasn't played. So he can know the system like the back of his hand. I'm sure he does. I'm sure he recites it in Chinese. 
I don't care. He needs to play in order for the Redskins to have any faith that they don't have to go berserk and trade up all sorts of picks to get a quarterback for the future. He needs to be available. And now maybe we know why there was so much interest in pulling off a deal for Case Keenum and reportedly why there was so much interest in Joe Flacco. Maybe all the pieces are kind of fitting together. So, again, don't want to make too big of a deal out of it, but I guess I just did. It was very, very, very alarming. You can see the video at Locked Redskins, at Locked Redskins. We'll take a timeout. We'll come back. And we'll finish up the Locked on Redskins podcast, episode number 197 next. Don't forget, again, at Locked on NFL Net on Twitter and Instagram for all your NFL team coverage, at Locked Redskins on Twitter. Good to have you with us. This is David Harrison of the Locked on Commanders podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, so we finish up the Locked on Redskins podcast. It is episode number 197. I am your host, Chris Russell, from high atop Capital One Arena in Washington, D.C. So if you hear some music in the background, uh, it's because they refuse to shut off the public address system here. I have no idea why. I guess the cleaning crew needs some music uh, for for their cleaning adventures, uh, if you will, here. But uh, certainly, I do apologize, but uh, I need to get this done, and I need to get it up and posted so that you guys can download and listen. So a couple of things that we were going to get to, we mentioned in our first segment uh, that there was a report that the, the Chargers might be the more likely target for Josh Rosen. Also, I mentioned that there was a potential safety that was being let go by the Pittsburgh Steelers, and perhaps, and again, I am just throwing this out uh, because this is just how my brain works, there is a potential safety out there with the Redskins losing HaHa Clinton Dix and, of course, signing Landon Collins but having so many other questions and issues uh, at the particular position uh, that, you you know, that, that, that – they still have to fill because they still don't have it filled. I can tell you that much. Um, Morgan Burnett is going to be released by the Pittsburgh Steelers. And, you know, there's been, I guess, some back and forth between his agent and the team and when the team needs to do it and whatever. So the, the, the release has not become official yet, at least as of last check. But it is going to happen in the matter of a day or two, again, if it's not already unofficially, officially, whatever. So here's the deal. Morgan Burnett is 30 years old, 6'1", 209, a former third-round pick of the Green Bay Packers, uh, and again, last of the Pittsburgh Steelers. And when you look at Burnett, you say, all right, well, what does he bring? Again, the first thing you jump to is the fact that he's 30 years old, so he's a little bit long in the tooth, but he's got plenty of experience. But the first thing I look to, at least from a profootballfocus.com perspective and their premium subscription package, is his coverage grades. 62.8 in coverage last year, cumulatively, uh, and an overall grade of 66.7, and these are all, of course, out of 100. Good tackling, 
good run defense. In 2017, his final year with Green Bay, a 66.5 with a good run defense, grade of 71.0. Again, more good tackling, 84.1, a cumulative grade of 68.3. The three years before that with Green Bay, cumulative grades of 75.6 out of 100. Again, according to Pro Football Focus, 73.9 and 71.2. Now, his coverage grades weren't always great, but generally... Generally, as his career has gone on, they've been in the high 60s, low 70s. Again, we're not talking about lights out Earl Thomas, Ed Reed style here. That's not what we're talking about. But I think Morgan Burnett could be, again, emphasis could be, a good veteran safety option that the Redskins should look into and consider. He had four pass breakups last year. Uh, with Pittsburgh, he allowed three touchdowns, according to PFF, and their premium subscription package. He did allow 15 yards uh, per reception, um, but only 16 catches on 27 targets into his coverage. So a pretty good job there. Again, four tu- uh, three touchdowns allowed, four pass breakups. So not a bad year by any stretch of the imagination for Morgan Burnett. Is he going to give up some plays? Absolutely. But is he going to make a couple of plays? you damn straight. You're damn straight he is. Uh, and I, I would just, again, say this is, you know, this is an option for the Redskins, again, being that it looks like he is going to be cut loose. Uh, and I, apparently both sides were onto this. Uh, and he can line up, again, more towards the box, which is really where you would expect Landon Collins uh, to play. But he can line up at the free safety position. I'm not saying he's great at it, but say, like, for instance, he played 39 snaps at free safety this year. Again, not a whole lot. But could you get by with Morgan Burnett and Landon Collins mixing and matching, depending on matchup and situation and calls, while hoping that Monte Nicholson and Troy Apke develop, stay healthy, and stay out of trouble? Maybe you could do that. I'm not saying it's the best, but maybe you could do that. All right, so I just wanted to bring that up uh, and get that out. And then I wanted to finish up the show with this. According to Russell Baxter, at Bax Football Guru, who writes for a bunch of different websites and is just a good all-around dude, he wrote a column uh, basically identifying three free agent bargains for the Washington Redskins. Number one, Justin Hunter, wide receiver, a six-year veteran, last with Pittsburgh, Second-round pick formerly of the Tennessee Titans. Hasn't played a whole lot um, and hasn't caught a whole lot and hasn't been productive a whole lot. But at one point, he averaged 16.5 yards per catch. Uh, Now, over, I think it was 12 games and two seasons in Pittsburgh, seven catches for 44 yards and a touchdown. Clearly not a lot there. But could he be a very, very, very cheap and potentially in the right scheme, right system, right structure, and not so much pressure on him? Could he potentially be a guy who can help stretch the field and get a home run or two on the year for $750,000 against your cap? Yeah, I think he could be. Uh, So I kind of agree, especially being that the Redskins are kind of looking at, more than kind of, very much looking at wide receivers. Um, Another guy he threw out there was a center-slash-guard combo, Ryan Groy of the Buffalo Bills. He's a five-year veteran. He's also played Chicago and, of course, again, Buffalo. 6'5", 320, again, versatile offensive line. Now, Buffalo's offensive line, not great, so keep that in mind. But he would be an experienced veteran body 
who could replace a Tony Bergstrom, who doesn't look like the Redskins are going to bring back because he's 34 years old, uh, and certainly provide some depth with, again, Eric Flowers being converted mostly, or at least at the outset, to guard and having no guard experience. Uh, and, you know, you just don't know if Chase Roulier is going to be able to stay healthy like he was last year where he played at all 1,020 snaps. The third guy on the list, and this was the first guy, by the way, is Pierre Garçon. Of course, cut loose by the San Francisco 49ers uh, after spending uh, five years here in Washington. Listen, from everything I know, things soured between him and Jay Gruden, and Jay Gruden wanted nothing to do with him coming back. Uh, Pierre was frustrated here. I can't imagine that Pierre Garçon is coming back to the Redskins, and I'll just leave it at that. If he does... Uh, then I don't know what to tell you. They had a mending of the fences. They had a hashing out, or Pierre's desperate, or Jay's desperate, uh, and he just wants somebody he's familiar with. I think there'd be 50 other better choices, but that could be me. Uh, so I just wanted to throw that out there. That's, again, from Russell Baxter at Bax. Football Guru is how you can get all of his coverage of the National Football League. That's going to do it for us right here on the Locked on Redskins podcast. Again, episode number 197. Good to have you with us. Thanks for listening. Again, don't forget to make sure you download, make sure you share, uh, make sure you do everything you can uh, to spread the message of what we're trying to do here on the, the numbers have been really good the last week and a half. So whatever you guys are doing, I appreciate it. Thank you. We're trying to provide as much analysis and content as we can. Again, thanks for listening. Remember you can subscribe to this show on the new Himalaya podcast app as well. Also at Apple podcast, Google podcasts, and Spotify. And when you get in your car, tell your smart speaker device to play podcast locked on Redskins. I'm Chris Russell. Adios. Hey, prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.